Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. How are we doing, everyone? Thanks for being with us here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Big thank you to those of you joining us on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. He is Drew Dinsick, the Whale Copper. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. And we have a packed show coming up today. First, we'll be joined by Tim Neverett, the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's going to join us and analyze who could give Los Angeles a run in the National League, as well as talk Walker Bueller for Cy Young. Nick Costas is back with us. Uh, how much of his handicap has changed in the final Four. Plus, we'll try to make sense of the uh, wild NBA Eastern Conference. Steve Letarte also going to stop by on the show. Is he buying Tiger Woods actually playing in the Masters? Plus, he'll also break down which drivers to watch out for uh, at Richmond Raceway on Sunday. And you got to stick around to hear Drew's edge of the day and mine as well. We'll see where he's going. We got that and so much more coming up here on the show today. Drew? Kudos to you. Great, great call last night, Miami Heat. I'm at my parents' house, and I think I've told you this before. They have like a ridiculously huge TV. They're Heat yeah, fans, so I got to watch it on that insane TV coming <laughs> down to the wire. But it was fun rooting against the Celtics. Good call by you, and a good game for Bam. Yeah, and uh, you know it was kind of broke the way we thought. Fourth quarter, Heat turned on the defense. Celtics score 15 points. Game set, Heat. Uh, and honestly, this has been an awesome week for the NBA. We got we got a preview of Bucks philly on tuesday we got a preview of heat celtics yesterday uh questions now swirling about the celtics and player availability if they match up with toronto in the four or five and have to go to toronto so an yeah. added distraction for the celtics to deal with over the next couple of weeks so celtics a uh, little bit of uh kind of regression wouldn't be surprising to see um but no, anything else surprised cool you in the nba last night Big win by the Miami Heat. Any other surprises? Anything stand I mean, out the, 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 the games were absolutely bananas. Like yeah. the, the wild swings. Uh, you know, high, high, you know, the Denver Nuggets were up 43 to 11 or something. And then ultimately, you know, we're losing in the fourth quarter to the Pacers. Like it was a very weird night outside of the Heat Celtics game, which I thought you got honest effort out of both teams. Um, you know, realistically, nothing else uh, moved the needle too much. Suns did not look great against the Warriors. They played about a D game uh, still got the win so that's positive also the cover for the warriors covering the number we talked about that number kind of being strange and sharp betters getting in early and often on the warriors they do cover the spread so overall uh, i think sharp betters came out on top with with the miami heat that was a big play and i know the warriors as well
We got to get into some baseball. We're really lucky to be joined by Tim Neverett, the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And we're really excited to talk about probably one of the best lineups of all time. And that's where I want to begin with you, Tim. You get to watch this, this team and call their games. And as you've watched them throughout spring training and some of the pieces they've added, most notably, I would say, uh, Freddie Friedman at first base. What else have you seen from this team? And, and could this be the, the best best team we've seen of all time? Well, you know, everybody wants to say that. And I know that, you know, one of the national publications picked them to win 101 games the other day the last two <laughs> full regular seasons 2019 and 2021 they had 106 wins last year 106 wins and lost the division go figure but um yeah i mean it's going to come down to pitching really i mean you can hit all you want you know, last night they put 12 runs on the board in the spring training game uh, but those spring training games are scripted you know and you get minor leaguers and guys who aren't going to make the club coming in after the fifth inning usually so it's a different deal but i think that you know, the Dodgers are going to be good. They're in a division. I think they can win again. They've got good enough pitching right now. And I, I mean, you know, you've got a couple of guys that were contending for the Cy Young Award, and they neither one were named Kershaw last year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I like where the Dodgers are. Uh, the addition of Freddie Freeman is going to be great. Um, I also think that uh, the addition of the uh, designated hitter in the National League mm -hmm. is going to have an impact on the Dodgers' offense. I'm kind of mixed on that because I think it changes the whole dynamic of the lineup. I think people forget totally does. How, how important the number eight hitter is in a National League lineup, but that's just going to be any other hitter now. So um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for them to start playing for real come the eighth in Colorado. Do you know if the Dodgers supported the DH in the NL as far as uh, teams kind of giving their way to that proposal? I don't know. I do know there were a lot of owners that, that did. I think what uh, some of the players are going to find out, though, and I used to hear this from American League players uh, when I worked in the American League, is that, you know, get me back to the – I had a, one guy tell me, quote, get me back to the National League so I can get some at-bats. Because when you have the designated hitter, you don't have as many pinch-hit at-bats available mm. for guys off the bench. And I know that's one thing the Dodgers have really looked on as a, as a the thing they needed to strengthen was the bench. They weren't happy with the bench as it worked out last year. But – if they have somebody coming off the bench, they plan on them being good and impactful. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, 28 man roster to start the season for the first couple of mm -hmm. weeks and then cutting it down to 26. So uh, I, I'm not sure how the fans are going to react to the DH of the national league. We got a taste of it in 2020 where everybody did it and it was understandable why and so on and so forth. But, you know, for a whole mm -hmm. season for the first time in the national league, I'm sure we're going to have mixed results from uh, from the fans, from the media, Definitely. but it's the way it is, and we'll see how it goes. Well, the betting market has been extremely bullish on the Dodgers. We saw their win total open up at 96 and a half. It's been bet up three wins to 99 and a half, and for those who aren't usually yeah, following that the much, win, I mean, you know that's what, a big, yeah. You know what that uh, means. <laughs> that's where the money's going. That's, that's, exactly. that's, that's confidence. Yeah. You know, people believe in them, and you know, again, here's the issue. Uh, that I look at is bench number one. I think starting lineup is fine. I think they've got they're going to have several different starting lineups because they're going to have a, a, a revolving door, but a good revolving door at two positions, at, at second base and at third base because of how they're going to utilize the designated hitter. So you might see several players play at second base: Gavin Lux, Chris Taylor, Max Muncy, uh, just to name a couple. Uh, Hans or Alberto, if he makes the roster, it looks like he might. Um, you know, so you can move guys around and they can play third as well for the most part. Taylor can play third. Monsi can play third. Alberto can play third. Uh, Justin Turner is going to start at third, but he's going to be a DH a lot too. So 
Uh, other than that, you know, Freddie Freeman will get off his feet every once in a while. He'll DH. Right. Max Muncy will slide over to first. And Muncy was in the top five and first baseman in the National League last year. So you don't lose much. Um, but you've got Walker Bueller who's going to be the opening day starter. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is back. He looked really good the other day mm-hmm. in uh, four innings of work. Uh, Julio Urias was a 20-game winner last year. Then after that, it's some question marks. Uh, Andrew Heaney and Tony Gonsolin have been told they're going to be 4-5 or five to start the season. But who knows? You know, the Dodgers are going to probably need some help down the bottom of the rotation at some point in time. They've got a lot of relievers who are coming back, you know, from injury, uh, guys who aren't going to be ready to start. Tommy Canely won't be ready. Caleb Ferguson won't be ready. Phil Bickford won't be ready for, for opening day. David Price had his first appearance last night. He actually looked really good. So we'll see where he is. Uh, and then you got Dustin May coming back sometime probably in June from Tommy John surgery. And he is a monster on the mound. So it yep. uh, looks like by June, July, they're going to get even better. Interesting. Okay. The only other sharp action I've seen besides the Dodgers, uh, obviously the Braves, the world, you know, with that lineup, you know, getting even better than last year's World Series winning team, uh, people are on the Braves. And I've seen uh, quite a lot of action on the Brewers, actually. The Brewers have gotten a lot. Brewers short. are going to be good. Really, yep. People really like that rotation. Yeah, I like the Brewers a lot. I think they're good. Um, adding a, it might be a small move, but it could be a big move because if you know the guy, you understand. And adding a veteran McCutcheon uh, in the outfield can help the clubhouse, can help a lot of things. Andrew had a pretty good year with the Phillies last year. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a nice move for the Brewers. Brewers, I think, will be really good in the Central, uh, without doubt. The team to watch, though, is the team with the biggest pocketbook, and that's the Mets. <laughs> And uh, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, that's that's a one-two punch that's tough to beat anywhere. Yeah, you got to get a good look at Max Scherzer last year. Hey, by the way, uh, make sure to pick up a copy of Tim's book, COVID Curveball, The Untold Stories of the Dodgers Run to a World Series title in 2020. You can have it shipped directly to you. And Tim, by the way, I I used to work in baseball and cover Hanser Alberto, one of my favorite players, and that guy can hit lefty. So I think he's going to have a lot of success. And I also think the addition of the the, the, the DH in the National League for the Dodgers in particular, getting guys like Freddie Friedman some rest off his legs and just able to hit. I mean, this is going to be a spectacular team to watch. And there's so many players to pick through as I look at the MVP market. And they're all pretty short odds because there's so much protection in this lineup and versatility. Uh, Looking right now, Mookie Betts, Eight to one, Freddie Freeman twelve to one, Trey Turner twelve to one. Is there a guy in that mix that you think has a legitimate shot, or all of them, to win MVP this season? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've seen enough of Mookie Betts never to count him out. So yeah. uh, you know, he had a down year last year. He had a bad hip. He had a hip issue. He says he's healthy this year. He uh, with a shortened spring training, he did his own program early. He's only been in a few spring training games. I think he only has one hit right now, but nobody's worried about Mookie in spring training. Let's see what he does once the season begins. And, you know, first week in April, I remember when I was with him with the Red Sox, that was never his best week. But, I mean, here's a guy who probably should have won the MVP in 2016, did win it in mm-hmm. 2018, uh, can win it in the National League. Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, a recent winner, uh, certainly a, a guy who's going to be in contention. Trey Turner, a batting champion, right? National League batting title holder coming back. And, you know, getting to play his natural position of shortstop full-time now that Corey Seager's with the Rangers. So I think that um, they've got some legitimate candidates. Uh, but the nice thing is, as good as these players are, they're not, you know, uh, Dave Roberts, uh, the manager, I mentioned this the other day, he goes, I don't have to manage egos with this team. Uh-huh. And really, it's a good clubhouse. It's a good bunch of guys. They want to win as a team. They've had their individual accolades, most of them. So they, they know what that's like. 
but they know the team accolade and the team championship is the most important thing and the most interesting thing. And the, and the biggest thing that they always will remember is winning a World Series. You know, for Bats, he won two in three years. So he knows what that's like, and he's hungry, and he wants more. Very good. Uh, you know, for my money, I think all those guys definitely are in the running. Mookie Betts would be the one that I would lean just because of his versatility in the field and the fact that defense is getting more consideration in terms of what you, you know, how you distinguish candidates who are so close uh, from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the Cy Young side, Walker Bueller right now, 10 to 1 looks pretty favorable as far as a, a price in the NL Cy Young market, particularly if he's getting as much run support as we expect. Mm-hmm. Um, Walker Bueller, uh, live arm for the Cy Young? You know, it's funny because hyperbole is so easy to throw around in sports, especially in baseball. You can say, oh, this guy's this, this guy's that. But <laughs> honestly, I think he's a Cy Young award waiting to happen. And if it's not this year, it's going to be sometime. <laughs> yeah. I really do. And, you know, to be honest with you, there have been some nights when I've watched him pitch, I'm like, okay, when's the no hitter coming? Because yeah. he, he's been that good a, a, a lot of nights. And, you know, last year, I thought that. Uh, Julio Urias had a really, really solid shot at the Cy Young. He pitched in our game last night uh, uh, against the Cleveland Guardians over in Goodyear, and he was spectacular for four innings against the Cleveland starters. So, um, if he could, and he's lost 20 pounds too. So, oh, wow. he, he has come in svelte, I guess you'd say, and he is throwing the ball exceptionally well. His changeup was baffling them last night. Uh, I'm, let's see, we'll see Walker Bueller pitch on. Sunday, I believe, against the Angels, and that'll be first game of the Freeway Series. That'll be at Angels Ballpark in Anaheim, so it'll be the first time they play all spring in a stadium with an upper deck and big lights and all that. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing Walker Bueller go. He'll be the opening day starter against Colorado, and the way the schedule works, he'll also be the opening day starter at Dodger Stadium on the 14th against the Reds, so he gets two of them. I love when it breaks that way, especially yeah. for a pitcher yeah. like Walker Bueller. Uh, you can follow Tim on Twitter at Tim Neverett. You'll hear him on the Dodgers call throughout the season and make sure to pick up a copy of his book, COVID Curveball. I look forward to uh, listening and watching you, Tim, and also the Dodgers. <laughs> Thanks. It'll be fun. It's going to be uh, you know, a great season. And LA's got the All-Star game this year, too. So uh, everything yeah. is turning I got to move back uh, out there, Drew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah. you're welcome to come it's all anytime. for drew we, we knew we'd be out here, so. <laughs> i know yeah tim well, thank you very much come, yeah all right sarah drew thank you the madness is upon us get an edge plus annual subscription now to unlock our college basketball dfs and betting tools with game predictions player prop projections and more get ready to cut down the nets using the promo code brackets 20 plus you'll get every tool for every sport with your edge plus subscription including our new fantasy baseball draft guide powered by roto world Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Use the promo code BRACKETS20 at checkout and find your edge. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited. Must be 20. 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. Well, from baseball, let's talk a little uh, Final Four and start there. We welcome in Nick Costos from You Better You Bet. Nick, thanks for taking the time. Uh, let, let's start with college basketball. You came on two weeks ago, I believe. We talked about the futures market. I also know you had Duke uh, winning last week, and now they're on to the Final Four. Ultimately, let's start there. They're laying four and a half points against North Carolina. The total is 151. I like the over in this matchup. I lean towards the points with North Carolina, but haven't done anything. What about you? Well, but we don't get to shoot the bleep a little bit here. What's going on, guys? <laughs> it's to be healthy. Two, two of my favorite people. We got to get right to business here. It's, it's Nick, give us picks or hop off the show. Yeah, you guys, you guys, you guys both look awesome. I'll give you picks and then I'll hop off the show. I'm gonna give you some winners here. So you, All right, tell know, us what's going on. How's New York? How's life? Let's just uh, let's do it. Yeah, but this one's good. I like Duke in the game. I disagree with you. You're in North Carolina. I'm gonna lay it with Duke, and I'm gonna feel really good about it. Um, it's the type of bet that I make, and I don't feel this way about every bet I I place. But um, if I if I lose, I'm at peace with it. Because I feel like the the rationale behind the bet, I feel like, is really sound. Not that North Carolina can or won't win the game or cover the spread, et cetera. And I think there's a similar parallel with this game um, to the national championship game in college football with Georgia-Alabama. Not apples to apples, but slightly similar, where Georgia plays Bama in the SEC championship game. Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. favorite. Bama kills them in the game. They play in the national championship game. Georgia's two and a half. Now, I'm not looking to victory lap my Georgia bet because I feel like the bet was good regardless. <laughs> it won, but like regardless of result, I feel like it was a good bet to make. The same way I feel like Duke minus four is a really good bet to make. So they played twice in the regular season. We have the advantage here with this game that we don't have with Nova Kansas of a couple of meetings earlier in the season and market comparison. So they play in Chapel Hill. Duke closes three and a half on the road. Implication, Duke six and a half or seven points better on a neutral than Carolina. They play in Cameron Indoor in the final regular season game. Number gets out of whack, closes 11 and a half. And like, obviously Duke has a ton of support in that game because of like the special <laughs> circumstance. So let's say the true number in that game is 10 and a half, 10, whatever. Implication, Duke six and a half or seven points better on a neutral, right? Yeah. So now we get to the final four and the number's four. And the argument's going to be made, North Carolina has been a lot better. Ergo the adjustment, right? Okay. Carolina has sure. been better. Whip Duke in that game. Also Duke's here. 
Yeah. Like Duke made it this far also. So are we just going to like not credit Duke for getting to the final four for beating Texas tech for taking care of an Arkansas team that beat Gonzaga and taking an a plus Mike Tyson level haymaker from a Michigan state team that played way above its head in that second round game. So I think Duke deserves some credit as well. I think the adjustment and the spread is too much here. I'm going to lay Duke on Saturday and feel very comfortable with it. And by the way, the weather in New York absolutely sucks. Thank you for asking. <laughs> just wanted to make sure along with the Duke bet that we were getting the weather in. There you all, have it. All, yeah. all I know, Nick, is if you if you are putting the whammy on my Blue Devils and Coach K last college game is a loss to North Carolina in the tournament, uh, we're gonna have some. Uh, I some, love the fact gonna... that like I've known you. You've come on my show about a billion times. I never knew you went to Duke. I used to work with Booze, by the way. I saw the video you guys yeah. posted. Yes, yeah. It's never, and I love Great Boozer. He's never been guy. a bigger Duke homer than my guy Carlos Boozer. I didn't know that you went to Duke. It's like yeah. I have all these like Drew Dinsick fun facts, but yeah, let's go it, Duke on Saturday night. It's one of those things that you just you don't you don't if you are very vocal about it, you are an, you're you're kind of a, an a hole. <laughs> so you? You, you, I do you tend, tend to agree. I do tend to agree. With that you, statement, Drew. You keep it under your hat. You yeah. keep it under your hat, right? Well, like, I'm a Ford, it's a good I'm a school. Fordham's yeah. good. I'm gonna bring that up. Like, yeah. I want no, to no, it's not the same, Nick. It's not the same. No, when it's not the same. Fordham and Duke do not. You, what college yeah. did you go to? I'm like, oh, Duke. What, why is yeah. that something to be embarrassed or ashamed of? It's awesome that you went to Duke. One of my cousins went to Duke. It's great. There's a stigma. <laughs> yeah, but the stigma's because people are stupid and are jealous. Who cares? You should be proud of that, man. Yeah. I guess <laughs> it might be Don't because he's that. such a big Kansas backer. He spends more time talking well, about this, Kansas. No, no, no. That this there's there's a this is you know ultimately if it's Kansas Duke in the final that's a win win for me no doubt about it even if I don't win money on Kansas um, and speaking of actually just curious on your thoughts on the final you worried at all about whoever wins this game between Duke North Carolina getting up for that Monday night game I mean this is going to be an emotional 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 game on Saturday well my sense is that Kansas will beat Nova I'm not going to bet Kansas just because I feel like the point spread and like I feel like it may float out a little bit more like it's a guess based on Justin Moore's status. Um, I'm actually more apt to take the points with Nova. There's some more line movements or the line won't move. And I want to have action on the game and I'll bet Nova at a bad number just because I want to have action on the game. And I do like the over in the game as well, Villanova, Kansas. But if indeed it's Duke, Kansas, I think it just comes down to, it'll be a small spread game. Obviously I actually think like, what do we, we maybe have some look ahead here. I don't know if you guys have one. I was looking at it before it would be uh, Duke minus one, like really close to a pick them. Like, who do you, who do you trust more? And I'm not even talking Coach K and Bill Self. Like, do you trust Duke's stars more or do you trust Kansas' stars more? Like, Abaji, like, finally came to play a little bit in the second half against Miami. You know, Reggie Miller, I feel like, is called the Dan Bonner team. They have, uh, and Kevin Harlan called a bunch of the Kansas games. He said many times, like, when, when is Abaji going to show up and play, like, superstar level here? Like, Van Caro's done that. Duke's players have done that. So when it comes down to it in a big spot, I'm not saying Kansas can't win the game or, like, Abaji can't play great. Just that I trust Van Caro and company more. So if it's Duke, Kansas, I actually hope that's the matchup because I'm going to bet Duke um, and feel really good about it. On the <laughs> Bill Self is the, is the major question mark in that matchup for me personally. I think his half-court offense is stinks. It well, stinks out loud. As someone who watches a exist? lot of NBA, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's just atrocious. When they're, when they're desperately doing five passes to get the ball to McCormick in the paints where he's triple covered, it's like, what are we doing? Why is this yeah, the plan? Why now, to be fair, Coach K yeah. stopped actually coaching. I feel like yeah, right, Kyrie right, Irving was there. So uh, it's yes. basically <laughs> it's, two coaches roll the ball out and whatever happens, happens. It's been a while. It's been a while.
well. Shire's doing a nice job this year, though. Um, hopefully a good, hopefully a decent what? transition here. But but regardless, let's pivot to the NBA because that's yes. where my that's where most of my interest and attention is this week. As we are waiting for the Final Four, the NBA action has been white hot as we teased off the top of the show um two great eastern conference matchups the last two nights to give us a little bit of a preview of what's coming we get another one tonight with brooklyn milwaukee and i'm not really feeling super hot about milwaukee in this particular matchup uh how do you see sort of the lay of the land in the eastern conference as things stand right now with robert williams potentially missing at least the first round and uh and and some of these other teams Mm -hmm. you know potentially you know brooklyn struggling to find their way in yeah, I first off, I agree with you on the Nets tonight against the Bucs. Um, I don't feel like the number's wrong or anything. I feel like it's fine. I think it's settled, like Nets minus two. I agree with you. I do like the Nets tonight. I think Milwaukee's probably still the best overall team. Um, obviously, they're playing in Brooklyn tonight, um, and Brooklyn's probably the second best team. Brooklyn plays no defense, and like that's well known. Milwaukee also kind of plays no defense, and I think Brooklyn will just outscore them tonight. As far as Eastern Conference in totality, a lot of it's going to come down to like what what the seeding is going to end up being. And I feel like you know, as of right now, I feel like teams are going to go all out to try to get the one, right? To try to avoid that that like assuming Brooklyn gets the seven to try to, and avoid the the bottom of the bracket. But what happens like if Miami keeps playing really well? And like let's let's just say I'm making this up. Like, we know who the one seed is with a couple of games to play. Like, Miami's clinched it, whatever. Are we going to see teams do, like, kind of what the Clippers did last year? Like, purposefully lose games at the end like the Clippers did to try and avoid the Lakers side of the bracket. I think that would make sense, right? If I'm one of these teams, I would much rather be the four than the two or right. three and, 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 and take my chances with Miami in the second round than with uh, Milwaukee or Brooklyn. So, as it stands right now, I have the standings up here. Miami's the one, Milwaukee's the two, Philly the three, Boston the four. If it shakes out like this, I think Milwaukee's the best team. I think Brooklyn's the second best team. I would bet Miami if that's how it shakes out. And we saw it last night. If it's Miami, Boston, in the second round of the playoffs, I'm going to take Miami in that series and feel really good about it. Like, Udoka's done a a fabulous job, a fantastic job since, like, the rough start to the season for Boston. Mm -hmm. Also, like, we know that Spolstra can get it done. Like, Spo has been there, done that. Totally a coach we trust, right. Like, is Udoka's ceiling is, like, maybe to one day be as good as Spolstra? Sure. But, like, I'm not willing to bet on that right now. So, I I think that I'd, be, I'd look at the heat if it shakes out like that, where Brooklyn and Milwaukee are both in the, the latter half, the second half of the bracket. Um, I would probably look at the Miami Heat. But, again, like, there's a lot to be figured out. Four teams at the top, all within a game or a game and a half of each other as we stand right now. Yeah, we, we're in strong agreement here. If mm-hmm. the Heat are the one seed, they are value given the current numbers. Five, they sh- like, they're the fifth choice, amazingly, by the market. And, and realistically, I would have high conviction of the Heat in a series over the Celtics. I would have high conviction uh, with the Heat over Philly. Um, and and Miami over Brooklyn, that's a toss-up, especially if the Heat have home court. Miami over Milwaukee, that's a toss-up. In fact, oh man, it does feel like we are headed for the rubber match between Milwaukee and Miami, the last two Eastern Conference champions. Dude, I watched the Nets game the awesome. other night locally here when the Nets played the Pistons two nights ago. Like mm-hmm. the Nets won by seven. That's like a one-point game midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. Frank Jackson looks like Michael Jordan draining. This team plays <laughs> no defense. defense no defense. Awesome. 
Total, total, the total tonight. Two forty-three. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, so absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Spot. Amazing. Super absolutely. interesting note regarding the one seed. The 2015-2016 Cavs were the last one seed to represent the East in the NBA Finals. So yeah, because LeBron was seed. taking time off all those years, and then we just come and dominate in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it is what he did. To be fair, he got a lot of rest there. All right, uh, if you're not uh, following Nick on Twitter, do so. You can find him at the Costos. Make sure to check him out along with Ken Barkley on You Better You Bet weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. I know Drew's on that show a lot and loves it. Love listening to it. Nick, thanks so much for the time. The next time I bring you on, I'll ask you about your life, your family, and whatever yeah, else you want listen, to talk about. I tell you, like, I, like, I got a nice dinner Shop plan this up. weekend. Going to watch WrestleMania. It's going to be awesome. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. great to come on with you guys. Love coming on and wishing you guys and all your great viewers and listeners, of course, minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Thanks, Nick. We have a special programming note for you. We'll have two special editions of Bet the Edge Game Time next week. The first is going to be Wednesday leading into the Celtics versus Bulls, hosted by Drew and I. And we're going to have another one on Friday before the Hornets versus Bulls with Matt Bernier hosting and Drew Densick. Not only will you have that special content, but the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet is giving you a chance to win $50,000 both of those nights on Wednesday and on Friday. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, you got to download it now. We got another guest. I mentioned it's a pack show, and let's bring him on. It's our guy, Steve Latart. Uh, Steve, a lot to talk about here, but I do want to begin with the Masters coming up and Tiger Woods. Are you buying into the fact that he, he's maybe going to play uh, at the Masters? What are you making of all of this? Well, I think even if Tiger does play, and I think that's good for the game of golf, good for the Masters, um, I think you better be there Thursday or Friday if you want to see him. I think even with a smaller <laughs> field, the man has been injured, severely injured, and I think a comeback is real. But but he has admitted, right, even the last comeback, there were rounds before he showed up at Augusta. Um, there's too many good golfers. Do I think he'll play? I don't know. Why don't we know is the real question. Is he playing more rounds in Florida to test the leg? Uh, is it respect for the Masters that he doesn't want to cancel early? The tournament is still super successful without. So either way, um, the odds I know are moving. Um, I hope he plays. Listen, he's the most – I mean, there's so many different adjectives you could use, but the simple fact is – he garners more attention than anyone else. I think it's interesting because Tiger playing, I don't think, moves his lines. What I want to know is if Tiger's playing, who's playing with him? Because Augusta, the roars, they're legendary. The crowd, the shuffling of the crowd, moving all around the tournament, all around those trees, that's going to affect someone. So who gets paired with Tiger? Do they Such put a John Rahm? Do they put a McElroy? Like, how big of a star power group do they want to create? That's more interesting to me than what Tiger's effect will be on the leaderboard for him and himself. Well, can I follow up with that? Is it some players you would elevate your expectations and some you are throwing cold water on them? I do. I think there's some players that play up to that. A McElroy or a Spieth, I think the crowds don't affect. They're used to the crowds. But I think you could take some maybe middle-of-the-pack guys, some guys that have been playing hot lately, and you have to ask yourself, they've never had the Tiger effect. They've never walked in the ropes. You know, Because we could talk about Sunday golf. That's pressure. Let's talk about Tiger golf. That's real pressure. Now you are watching. You're having more eyeballs watch every single shot. There's more distraction. Uh, there's more everything when you play with Tiger. I have heard from some of the best golfers in the world that even they can be mesmerized watching him work around the golf course. So I think if you talk a major favorite, it wouldn't adjust it much. But if you get that mid-level, there's no sleeper that's going to play with Tiger and then show up with his best game. I think that's my assessment. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, that makes sense to me. And honestly, I think Augusta is probably going to put him in a group with his buddies. 
that's just a guess. <laughs> Not, I mean, no inside sure. information there. I just just guess he probably gets to play with people he likes to play with. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's let's move on a little bit here. I got to get your take on uh, the um, the Valero Open before we move mm-hmm. entirely off of golf. Is there anyone that uh, you think gets a little bit of momentum, catches a heater on the way into Augusta? I'm bullish on the big names. I know there's some um, people out there that have some perhaps um, like Kirk. I've heard his name a little bit, but I'm Spieth and McElroy. Right. I think they're down here for a reason. Uh, they're down here to get prepped at Augusta. I don't think you could turn that on on Wednesday or Thursday. I think the great players take a week leading up to it. Um, if they so choose to play, right, there's different preparation. You can be down in Augusta. You can be down in Texas. I look at Spieth and McElroy, McElroy specifically. I think he, his game is going to be at peak form. Spieth did it a year ago in his home state, and it was a great win for him. But I think McElroy is the one that if his A game shows up, I'm not sure there's many in the field that can keep up with him down the stretch over the weekend. Steve, with you in that master shirt, anything you say, I listen to fantastic <laughs> shirt, fantastic nice shirt getting ready. Yeah. We got to talk about the uh, the race coming up on Sunday, Richmond Raceway for the uh, Toyota Owners 400. What do you think? Any drivers that you like in this market, in the outright market? So I've been involved in NASCAR for 25 years of my life, and I've never been more confused than what possibly could happen. I can give you every stat in the world how Joe Gibbs Racing and the Toyota should be the team to beat. They've won eight of the last 12 at Richmond. I can give you some great stats about Hendrick Motorsports. Every time we have a first-time winner, the last five times it's happened, Hendrick Motorsports has bounced back and been dominant. But this new car has thrown a curveball that I have yet to be able to figure out. So I think when I look at specifically who's going to run well and trying to hedge some action for a better watching the show – I think you get big names at the best value. So if you believe that they're coming back, the Kyle Larsons, the Martin Truex Juniors. Martin Truex Juniors won three of the last five Richmond races. He hasn't been awful this year. Toyota hasn't won. But I'm looking at the lines right now. You're going to get Truex at nine to one. Mm-hmm. That's the best you're ever going to get him to go to Richmond. I mean, he statistically is normally the favorite. Chastain last week winner. I don't think I would get pulled into a 12 to one bet there. So I really think it's it's enjoy the race. Sprinkle a little bit, but I, I have a hard time knowing what we're going to see. This will be the seventh race of the season at a seventh very distinct racetrack. We've had high speed, low speed, big tracks, road courses, and now we're going to an oddly shaped three-quarter mile in Richmond. It's very hard to hedge. I will say that I think there's some decent value. How long can Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin stay down? Joe Gibbs Racing has been so good at Richmond in the past, I perhaps would probably look there. Um, But I'm going to wait to see where the matchups come up, because I do think you can get some good value on some matchups, some hot drivers. Uh, Ross Chastain, a first time winner a week ago, I think he'll run well again at Richmond. What uh, what's going on with Kyle Larson? Three finishes in a row that were very, very, very unimpressive after two very good performances. Something uh, going on with him and his team. So it's interesting. That's really the confusion is, is, you know, he got the win out in California, a little Mm -hmm. dust up with his teammate. I think it was more of a misunderstanding. I don't think it was on purpose, but since that kind of situation on the West coast, you know, it's easy to make excuses and point blame, but the simple fact is it's the driver's job and the team's job to perform and get the results. And Kyle Larson has been on such a hot streak. I guess no one should be shocked that it's cooled down, but I don't know how long it can stay cool. This guy can win in everything he gets in. Um, he's proven that he found speed in the car already. So perhaps he is a guy you could look at, but it's an interesting time in really all motorsports. We talked formula one a week ago, right? And Verstappen came through with a big win, moved his chain <laughs> to odd numbers, kind of the same curve in the NASCAR world. It's really, I look at this as where's your value. Okay. If you believe the stars are still the best drivers in the sport, get your future bets in now Take them in races now, because I believe that the more they build these notebooks, the more experience they have, the more the better drivers are going to rise and those values are going to go away. 
Steve, thanks so much for the time. I can almost guarantee you have some bets going on right now with the Valero Open. So I'm going to wish you the best of luck with those and uh, appreciate you coming on every single week here on Bet the Edge and getting your plays and what's attracting you in this betting space. So we'll talk to you soon. Thank you all. Wrapping up the show as we do every single day on Bet the Edge, and that is with our edge of the day. Best bet. Drew, start us off. Yeah, we mentioned it. Can't go back to the well with the Bucks against this Nets team. Mm -hmm. uh, the total tells you everything you need to know. This is going to be a wild high-scoring head-to-head. Team with the ball last wins. Could very well could be the Nets. Uh, and in general, the Nets match up fairly well against the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, it's, it's the, if you are a Bucks futures ticket holder, and I won't stop you at all from going to the window and betting them, they are the they are 1A, uh, one with the, number one with a bullet in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, and of course, actually, they kind of match up well against the Suns. We'll cover mm -hmm. that on another day. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the the matchup against the Nets is not great. So I'm going to skip that one, even though that is the game you have to watch to get an idea of how things are going to shake up in the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to go to war with the Clippers. Clippers right now. Ooh, this has moved in my favor. They are mm -hmm. now plus two. Uh, I bet the Clippers are plus three. Uh, the Bulls. Congratulations on beating the Washington Wizards the other day. That was a very impressive effort. And honestly, I, I'll be honest, I watched almost every minute of that game. The Bulls played with a ton of energy. They really, really were running hard. Everybody was looked explosive. They looked fresh. They looked like they were playing with their backs against the wall to a degree. I would not expect the same against the LA Clippers team now that they're, uh, you know, that they're back at home. Clippers are coming in with Paul George, of course, and in general have a small ball lineup that is somewhat dynamic and different than other teams generally face. Very different opponent to prepare for uh, mm -hmm. than the Washington Wizards, who they had last time out. And again, if I trust my numbers, they tell me that the Chicago Bulls are playing like a bottom half of the NBA team, and it's not especially close and the LA Clippers on the other hand they are feisty they're a tough out they roll out a small ball lineup that again is very difficult to defend around the perimeter that's where the Bulls are the most vulnerable um, so I think the Clippers can get the win I took them plus three um, but in general it's a very tight card tonight and it's been a tight card all week honestly like the NBA well, market you, is dialed in pretty pretty darn yeah it is getting ready for the playoffs you've had a good read all week and all season so trust your numbers I will as well uh, we just showed the line movement on the screen there and a lot of money coming in on the Clippers plus the three that's why we're seeing now the two so we'll take Paul George coming back in the Clippers for tonight taking an NBA prop curious to get your thoughts on my edge of the day and that's James Harden Going over nine and a half assists. Philly dropped two games. We know that. It was a really tough stretch for them. Now they're going to start a really easy end of the season. I think they could legitimately win out. So taking a look at Harden with this prop in nine and a half. I like the over, even if he's not getting usual minutes to the end of the game. He's leading the Sixers uh, right now with about 10 assists per game. So Right now, obviously, half assist to be over for him to hit it. But he's facing the Pistons, who struggle altogether. They're defensive. They're 24th in defensive rating for the season. Joel Embiid is no longer the MVP favorite. So let's have Harden pass, dish it out to Embiid a ton for tonight. Um, I think they really need some good performances here to get ready for the playoffs. We even talked about that yesterday in terms of the Miami Heat finding their way before the playoffs. This is the time for the 76ers to get right. Had a tough stretch. Really going to lighten up against the Pistons. And if you look at James Harden's last five games against Detroit drew he's gone over nine and a half assists four times in those five 10 12 8 10 and 12 so I will take James Harden to pick apart the Detroit Pistons and go over nine and a half I like that look uh, and in general I think you pointed out a lot of important things about Philly uh, we've seen their division price in the Atlantic shift from 
pick them with the Celtics to now minus 200. Uh, so I think uh, some of that is the Robert Williams injury. Some of that is the Celtics mm-hmm. losing last night to the Heat. Uh, but more of it is that uh, the Philadelphia 76ers finished with games against Toronto, Cleveland, Charlotte, and then four against the Pistons and the Pacers. So I they know. have the softest landing of any team in the NBA. And uh, the idea that Harden uses this stretch to really uh, try to find himself makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah, let's hope they kind of tune it in here and get ready for the playoffs and get a big win tonight. And obviously, if you uh, like the assist prop, he goes over and stays in for the majority of the game. Best bets, our biggest edges are now locked in for the day. Thanks for tuning in here on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Be sure to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more analysis, projections, and picks. Best of luck with all your bets. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.